with a significant number of furloughed airline pilots now seeking jobs in business aviation. What do they need to know about joining this industry? And how should flight department managers prepare to bring them on board? From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news. As difficult as the COVID-19 pandemic has been for those working in business aviation, it has essentially decimated the commercial airline industry, leading to parked aircraft worldwide. That in turn has led to a surge in the number of furloughed airline pilots now seeking new opportunities in business aviation, as Jennifer Pickerel, Vice President at Aviation Personnel International, explains. Typically on a given year, I would say 5% or less of our applicants are commercial pilots. And at this time, we're seeing about 30% of our applicants are commercial pilots. We also have just spoken with some industry contacts, partners, etc., both in the 91 and 135 community who have told us with their open applications, about 60% are running commercial pilots. So if they have a job posting, about 60% of the respondents are commercial pilots. For insights about how these pilots and the flight department managers considering them for hire can adapt to this situation, I'm also pleased to welcome NBAA Domestic Operations Committee Chairman Jason Herman, CAM, to this discussion, along with Lisa Archibald, CAM, a first officer at Delta Airlines and a volunteer on Delta's Master Executive Council. So, Jason, I think it's fair to say we're now facing a situation that's essentially the opposite of where we stood just a year ago, as our industry was struggling to find personnel. With such a large number of furloughed pilots now seeking jobs in business aviation, what do you think hiring managers should be looking for when considering these applicants? As hiring managers look through candidates from all backgrounds, not just airlines, but also uh, various parts of the aviation industry, in addition to flying proficiency and quantitative experience number of flight hours, it's also important to look at the applicant from a holistic approach, meaning what type of experience or skills do they have both inside and potentially also outside the cockpit? Do they have technical skills through a volunteer position as a volunteer on a committee for their airline or their airline's union, working in safety or aeromedical or fatigue There's a lot of different experience that they may bring to the table that departments would be interested in. Additionally, what are their career accomplishments? What background did they come from? Do they have previous business aviation or uh, instruction experience that may be relevant to a business aviation flight department? So looking at the applicant on the whole, not only at their specific background, but also the skills and experience that they may bring to a business aviation flight department. Lisa, you're currently with an airline, but you also worked in business aviation before that. As someone with perspective from both sides of this issue, what do you think are some challenges a pilot coming from a commercial airline may face in acclimating to a business aviation flight department? I think for anybody coming into a business aviation flight department, there are always going to be hiring challenges. And to what Jason has said as well, I think this would fit for Somebody coming maybe with a full-time military background or even just a different flight department. Um, But I think the biggest thing is when you're bringing in somebody that maybe has less experience or no experience in business aviation is to set expectations. And that starts with the hiring process, I believe, ensuring there's understanding about what, what the job entails, 
what the expectation is in terms of, yes, we may be hiring you as a pilot in command, but yet when you walk in the door, you're not ready to take the reins. And so it's going to be a, a time frame. And I believe if you set expectations during the hiring process and then bring them in and have a robust onboarding plan, I think that's what I have seen in my 15 years in business aviation was if we had an onboarding plan that was built and ready to go and the new hire had an idea already of what was coming at them before they got there, it was a successful outcome. And, and things I considered some of our best in terms of onboarding was having it documented who, where, what, when, a timeline, everything that that person needs to be successful in your department. And what I also think is interesting with onboarding and potential challenges is that this idea kind of can be crossed throughout your whole flight department. You know, just because you're onboarding pilots doesn't mean that this won't be an opportunity for you to use the same program within your maintenance field or your dispatch. And the other piece that I found really successful to help those that are new to business aviation when they're coming in the door is providing them a mentor. And um, I was fortunate to spend some time at an OEM and I had a mentor and it was the best thing. It was that one stop one point of contact. I can ask them anything. And they also were there for me when I, you know, both ways, it it worked both ways, being able to support each other. And I found that to be really successful. And and both of those I feel helped really smooth out any potential bumps in the road when bringing on somebody to a flight department that maybe isn't as experienced in the business aviation realm. So Jennifer, having heard both Jason's and Lisa's perspectives on some of the differences perhaps between commercial airlines and business aviation, what are some tips you might offer to pilots looking to find a job in business aviation through your company? Well, first I have to say it's really nice to hear Lisa and Jason's perspective. Of course, just from what we've experienced, they're spot on uh, with their recommendations and observations. And, you know, one of the very first things that we tell candidates who are trying to make that transition is to really recognize that the job that they're coming from is not the same as the job that they're going to. And to have a really genuine and humble approach to learning about the differences. So one of the things that we recommend would be that they reach out and identify maybe four or five business aviation pilots and conduct informational interviews with them. You know, what do they like about their job? What would they change about their job? What is a typical mission profile for their department look like? What did their best day look like? What did their worst day look like? Really, really to get a feel for what the job requires, the duties it entails, and everything in between. Uh, we really think that, that that is really the primary piece is to have a genuine desire to learn about the operation in which they're headed, or at least this area of the industry. Uh, We were also going to mention mentors. So Lisa, I I completely agree with you. That is a great, great suggestion. We would always suggest that to our clients too, if they're choosing to hire somebody in that transitioning period to adopt, to, you know, uh, provide them a mentor. And then finally, just to have an open mind and really do some sincere soul searching once they identify what the role is to ensure that it aligns with their personal motivations. You know, some people really don't enjoy ancillary duties. Some people might not have a knack for the face-to-face or the customer interaction. And it's okay to have those conversations with yourself and acknowledge what you're akin to and what you're not. We'll have more in just a moment. But first, this word from NBAA. NBAA continues to lead the way in providing innovative events that help people connect turn business opportunities into realities, and move the industry forward. 
That's the idea behind VBase, NBAA's all-new virtual business aviation convention and exhibition, where our industry can reconnect, regroup, and move not just online, but ahead. VBase will be the first-ever completely immersive online business aviation trade show, incorporating many of the traditional elements of NBAA's successful live events. That includes more than 200 virtual 3D exhibit booths, two keynote presentations, press conferences, education sessions, and more. Taking place December 2nd and 3rd, VBase will bring our entire industry together with diverse and exciting content and offer the important opportunity to make connections with the largest number of customers and prospects in the business aviation marketplace. For more information about VBase and to learn more about complimentary registration for NBAA members, visit nbaa.org VBACE. We're back now with Lisa Archibald, Jason Herman, and Jennifer Pickerel, and our discussion about hiring furloughed commercial airline pilots into business aviation. Lisa, it certainly seems like pilots coming from the airlines might face a different environment when working in this segment of the industry. What advice would you give them to help them adapt? First, and I think Jennifer just hit the nail on the head with this, is to, you don't know what you don't know. And if this is something new, you need to learn about it. And the best way to do that is to network and mentor. So find, find people that have this experience and then can talk to you about it so you understand what the job really entails. Because I know the business aviation can be kind of a, an elusive thing for those that have not experienced it. And I think utilizing networking and mentorship, and there are plenty of opportunities, whether or not it's through a type of a recruiter or even joining an organization. I used to volunteer for women in corporate aviation, and that's a great place to learn about the career out there. So I think if you have an interest, you need to learn about it and then potentially utilize assistance in finding your way into potential job opportunities. Um, And the other piece I would add to that too is understanding what it is you're looking for. Because for everybody that's so different, I think you need to know like, oh, we're, I, I, you know, I want to be in this location. I don't want to uproot my family. So that's something to consider. Do I want to fly internationally? Do I not want to fly internationally? All those things. But those, those are what I would focus on as an airline pilot making the move. Jason, you alluded earlier to another aspect that hiring managers may want to consider, the added value that pilots with airline backgrounds may bring to a flight department. Tell us about that. Absolutely. So there are lots of opportunities at the airline to be involved above and beyond just flying airplanes, as Lisa mentioned. And I think it's important for hiring managers to seek out candidates that have that level of engagement and involvement. And similarly, it's important for airline pilots that are applying for business aviation positions to seek out organizations that would be interested in those backgrounds. So for example, an airline pilot has a lot of exposure to standard operating procedures and standardization and a very robust reporting culture and safety culture, how to properly document and correct maintenance discrepancies. And that background and experience can translate very well into a corporate or business aviation flight department. Not from a perspective of how do we change the department, how do I make those immediate changes, but where are these weak areas and how can I bring in a pilot or how can I, as a pilot, offer to be part of that solution? Now, there's something of an elephant in the room we haven't discussed yet, but it's something that weighs heavily on the minds of flight department managers. And that's the question of longevity. 
Many of the pilots furloughed from the airlines who are now looking for employment in business aviation likely intend to return to the airlines once conditions improve. That poses a quandary for hiring managers seeking long-term employees, especially when training costs are factored in. Lisa, how do you think both sides should approach this issue? First and foremost, I think that having a direct conversation about it is important. However, I do believe that get to know from the hiring manager perspective, get to know your candidate first. Find out, is this person a right fit? Are they going to even be an opportunity in our flight department? Let's make sure that is the case. And, and I feel like utilizing that towards the end of the discussion, once you've gotten to know the person, would make that conversation easier on both sides. And I believe a little bit more forthright and transparent. So that would be my first my first conversation about it. Secondly, I think for a furloughed pilot, it, it's to set expectations and, you know, discuss where they're at, what furlough looks like to them, because that is different at each airline. And I think having that conversation, understanding what the confines or the structure is for the pilot would be the next piece. And then I, I think maybe talking about expectations from the hiring side. And I know I've seen it in previous work experiences where you have somebody come in that maybe has a, an airline background and then they leave. Um, but I've also seen it where someone comes in and they have a corporate background and they leave relatively quickly. So I think having a straight conversation about expectations would really, really help further that pathway. But I, I truly believe there are a lot of people once having been furloughed or consider it or have seen it more than once, quite frankly, worrying that they're going to go back is a concern. But also, what about if they want to stay? And I know so many people that that have been furloughed that spent their entire time out, some that stayed permanently. And I think that if we maybe change the tune a little bit and look at the positive and really focus on why I, I want to keep this person here, just like you do every other employee, I think that is maybe a different way to look at it. And um, if you have those conversations and then maybe spin it a little bit more positive, I think that will help both sides. Jason and Jennifer, what are your thoughts? Well, I agree wholeheartedly. I think it's important, as Lisa mentioned, to make sure that an applicant is the right fit before going down this path. But once you determine that an applicant may be a good fit or perhaps the applicant also looks at the company as a good fit, keeping in mind that hiring is very much a two-way conversation is to, to have an open dialogue and see what is a fair lane of longevity that would satisfy the company's concerns and that would also provide a firm commitment to the pilot. And so having that mutual respect and understanding from the beginning of the relationship is, is fundamentally important. I think there are some hiring managers that may be influenced by past history and uh, other pilots that may have left in, in a more untimely fashion after they were recalled. But contracts and circumstances have changed significantly since the last major round of, of airline furloughs. And so there are some pilots that may be able to stay out on a furlough status with an airline for perhaps up to 10 years. As Lisa mentioned, that pilot after 10 years will have a really tough decision and may decide to stay. But that level of commitment may not even exist in, a, in an applicant with a pure corporate aviation background. So having an open and honest conversation and making sure that both parties are very much on the same page, potentially even writing out these commitments and having a clear expectation of what each party offers and, and how long a pilot intends to stay and whether that value proposition to the to the operator, to the corporate aviation flight department is, is satisfactory. I think we're all in agreement that transparency is the name of the game. 
And it really has to, as Jason said, it has to be the conversation is a two-way street. The transparency has to be a two-way street. But before any of that even happens, both parties have to understand what their needs are. I'm going to give you a quick example. So we're working with the director of aviation right now. We actually presented a candidate who had had a commercial aviation history, uh, had some corporate sprinkled in there too. And, you know, there was this interesting kind of progression on his resume. And the director of aviation said to me, I don't understand this. Can they defer their furlough? Do they have to go back when they're recalled? You know, so there's a lot, I think, of mystery. And to Jason's point, it's changing, right? So I think the first step is for the hiring manager to really understand the nuts and bolts of some of those terms and so they can ask more (laughs) surgical style questions right more pointed questions and now to lisa's point that should only happen after a rapport has been established and the more that rapport is established the more transparency there can be but i would say to a candidate what they should ask of the hiring manager is what do you need from me to feel that you've made a quality hire because some might have long-term needs some might have short-term needs So I think that would help foster that transparent discussion. But the candidate then has to be willing to receive the response and then answer transparently as well, right? You know, some flight departments require a tremendous amount of ancillary duties where their pilots feel like they're flying a desk. And some require very little. And we have pilots who come to us and have an opinion about where they want to be within those stipulations or requirements, if you will. You know, getting tactical as we talk about how how to network, uh, you can simply go into LinkedIn and type in pilot at whatever the respective department is that you're interested in or that you're potentially applying to. It'll actually pop up a list of pilots who have noted themselves as such on LinkedIn and then just send, send them a, a simple message and ask if they'd be willing to have a conversation. I mean, it never ceases to amaze me how friendly and helpful people are in this industry. Another resource that applicants may be interested in, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention this as a committee member for MBAA, would be regional business aviation associations. So in addition to LinkedIn, which uh, Jennifer mentioned is a great networking platform, also that face-to-face interaction with a regional business aviation association, the individuals that lead and manage and participate in those respective organizations are very receptive to new members in the community. And so as in-person gatherings in this uh, COVID-19 world evolve in the future, look for ways to get involved in those organizations from a networking perspective with really very little expectation, just as an opportunity to get to know and perhaps find people with a similar background to yours that may be able to help translate your airline experience into what a corporate department may be looking for. Yes, I love that Jason said that because if I were a hiring manager and I were interviewing a commercial pilot specifically, I would ask, what En-ROADS have you made to understand this aspect of the industry? You know, and I would hope that the respondent would say, well, I've spoken with some business aviation professionals, I've tapped into my local and regional groups. I think it would really behoove candidates to do that research and come prepared with that knowledge that will separate you potentially from your competitors. As noted before, COVID-19 basically upended the business aviation workforce shortage we faced just last year. And it's possible, or even likely, that situation will flip back once the pandemic is finally behind us, and we'll again be scrambling to find qualified people to fill positions in the industry. 
NBAA's Workforce Initiatives resource is available to anyone seeking a career in business aviation or who might be looking for tips on how to attract and retain qualified industry professionals. That's available at nbaa.org forward slash workforce. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts in the App Store, wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking Alexa or another connected device, or download them from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and join us next week for a new episode of Flight Plan.